ladies and gentlemen, it's been a minute since we've put out a Mosby Learning Podcast, but it's never too late to start again and uh, maybe a lesson for a lot of people in the world, but that is what we're doing here on the Mosby Learning Podcast. And uh, we've got two people, um, one voice you've heard here before, one that is new, but I know you're gonna like them. Um, this is a bit of a break from format. We're gonna just chinwag a little bit about augmented reality and a few other things with two friends of mine. My name is Dan Hurt, and I'm calling in from Ontario. Hey, I'm Betty Danowitz, and I'm calling in from Detroit, Michigan, and everything you've heard about Detroit is true. My name is Destry Hildenbrand, and I'm calling in from Marion, Iowa, and um, I'm about four to five hours away from anything cool here in the Midwest. There you go. That's not a bad place to be, away from the cool things. I mean, it is coffee's cheaper, you know, yeah. Yeah, but we don't get any of the cool stuff. It all happens on the coast, and then as long as it stays cool long enough, we end up seeing it, but sometimes we miss out entirely. Well, thank goodness for the internet, then. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's feeling bad for you because there's a Starbucks half a mile away. You're fine. I am doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back to uh, to Mosby, Betty. Uh, glad to have you back here. Um, how are you doing these days? I'm fabulous. I'm so excited to be chatting it up with you again on Mosby. Uh, one of these days, you're going to ask me to be your permanent co-host. I'm waiting for that email to come. Well, it's possible. You've got some. You've got some people that uh, that may have thoughts about that, and I'm sure I'll hear from them now. So that's handy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Destry, uh, Destry, uh, you know, I, I really do appreciate you also joining the show here. So. This is this is maybe a bit of a you're going out on a bit of a limb because uh, because I don't know how familiar you are at the uh, Mosby Learning Podcast, but you seemed my exposure to you um, seemed like you were a pretty easygoing fella, uh, a man about the world, specifically the augmented world. What what got you interested in augmented reality? Great question. You know, about five years ago, uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, right? <laughs> um, you know what? I, I attended my very first conference about five years ago, and uh, I it was the first time I'd ever been to a learning and development conference. It was DevLearn, and um, met some really cool people, uh, realized that in fact, these were my people that I needed to be a part mm. of more events like this and uh, started looking for a way that I could go back and share and and keep learning. And that is when I stumbled across augmented reality. It was the goofiest kind of most useless little calendar that changed colors when you scanned it. And it was love at first sight. I uh, Ever since then, I've done everything I possibly can to encourage uh, and uh, and try to convince Anybody and everybody that could hear me that augmented reality is something we all need to uh, pay attention to and and keep our eye on going forward. So what were you doing before that? Why were you so what brought you to the conference to begin with? Just uh, betterment of yourself or what? You know, the company I was working for, they're like, hey, we send people to this conference every two years and it just happens that it's your year. And I was like, oh, okay." And they're like, it's in Las Vegas. And I was like, I will go. (laughs) <laughs> that'll be that'll be just fine. I will not if say I no. Have to <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I went, not really knowing what to expect. I think the very first workshop I did was with uh, was with Megan Torrance on agile learning. I believe it was like the Llama method or something like that. Hmm. So my very first day, I was like, oh, well, this is intense and all kinds <laughs> of stuff. And then there were people everywhere, and there was there was this really. I'm really bummed. The only thing I'm bummed about is that there was this really cool sweatshirt, and I'm totally going back in in my head here. It's kind of a, a non happy place, but you had to get so many points by commenting and doing stuff in the app. And mm. I, I didn't I didn't end up getting sweatshirt, but that's a really good story. I know, but yeah, sad. All of a sudden, I'm remembering. It was kind of sad. It was a really cool sweatshirt, uh, but that was the first year. Yeah, that was the first year that I I'd ever even heard of conferences or places like that. We had some local ATD chapters that I went to every once in a while, but it wasn't anything that really I mean, it wasn't anything that was really consistent or anything like that. So, yeah, it was just a a weird thing that they were like go to Vegas and I was like, I will go. Head mm-hmm. west, young man. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> um, so Betty, how did you get teamed up with Destry? Because uh, maybe before you answer that question, I should give uh, folks a, br- a brief insight as to how I have connected you two. I haven't connected you, but I've like in my head, I was like, oh, these two people are 
paired up in this particular way. Um, I have recently taken a couple different augmented reality courses hosted by the name of the platform is First Launch. Is that? Nope. E-learning no. launch. E-learning launch. E-learning launch. Yeah. By, the name uh, of the cohort was First Launch. There you go. Okay. Yeah. E-learning launch, which is a platform that is run by Mr. Alex Salas. Correct. Um, just that way I can tag him in any promotional materials here. <laughs> Perfect. He'll love go. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, and we've had, uh, he's been on Mosby before uh, talking about, uh, I think actually just before he launched uh, e-learning launch but uh, so there was a, a couple different AR courses one of them was called first launch and then there was more a more advanced course and in the first course that was largely hosted by Betty and then Destry was there to support and then it was kind of a switch for the more advanced one where Destry hosted and Betty supported and, and uh, kind of uh, uh, did a little of the color commentary and that sort of stuff. So I, I took these two courses. Uh, I'd known Betty before, of course, uh, as friends of the show would remember. But uh, this is how, like, you guys put this course together and you just seem like two very industrious people. Like, you do things. You don't just sit back. You actually do them. Um, how did that happen? Betty, how, how, did yeah. that, how did you guys get to do things? I drink coffee and I do things. Um, <laughs> yeah, So. so – well, my entrance into the augmented reality world is all Destry's fault. Uh, mm. And I've told this story, uh, I don't know, several times, but, you know, we we were charged by our senior leader uh, at my uh, day job at the time to do something innovative with our learning and development team, maybe something like augmented reality. Like those were literally the words she said. And I had to go back to my desk and Google what is augmented reality because I had no, mm -hmm. no idea what she was talking about. And I'm like, oh, this is Snapchat. I don't know what we're going to do with face filters in an insurance company. That doesn't make any sense. And the more that I researched it, the more I was like, okay, somebody's going to have to show me how to do this because I can't figure it out on my own. And I went to my very first conference uh, which was Realities 360 in 2018. And mm. the first the first session I ever attended was Destry Hildebrand's Getting Started with Augmented Reality. And so it was an all-day workshop. It was an all-day workshop. And yeah. so I, I get there. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the story. So I get oh, there. <laughs> I get there and I'm sitting there with um with my boss and I am highly extroverted if you haven't figured, figured that out yet. Uh, so I am just lit up inside because there's all these people in this room and I bet you this instructor is going to make them talk to me. So I'm very excited. <laughs> and, um, and plus yeah, I'm going to learn to do friends. something new. And I'm also still trying to determine, can we really even use this blah, blah, blah. And I look up at the front and there's this dude standing there and I'm like, Fred Durst is teaching this class. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Fred Durst is my spirit animal, by the way. Yeah. So Destry's got this. Destry's got this chin beard going on. He's he's got both ears pierced. He's very nineties, and um, still that way. Very nineties. That's going to go on my tagline right there. That's my new thing. Hi, I'm Destry. Very nineties. Can you hear how he's smiling now? Because he's totally fine with it. Um, it's a great look for him. So, anyways, I look up there. I'm like, oh boy. And I remember looking. I was looking at my at my boss and i was like i think that's the teacher she's like really and i was like yeah <laughs> now you have to understand we were expecting some you know old man some old white dude to be up there teaching us about something called augmented reality and uh loved the class it was it was super fun uh of course my uh the the, the corporation i worked for at the time my laptop wouldn't do jack shit because of all the firewall stuff so i got to play on my ipad with it um but just really loved it and then after that i was like i just feel like i need i need uh to make friends with this guy because i'm gonna have questions when i get back and so i was like i sent him a message like so i have more questions he's like okay so we met and we chatted and i'm like can i call you when i get back like if i'm in the middle of this and i have questions he's like sure first mistake <laughs> so, uh, so, so fast forward, we've known each other since then. He helped me uh, move through the rollout at that company. And the more I learned about augmented reality, the more I was in love with it. And so um, earlier this year, I was like, hey, you want to do some stuff together? And he's like, okay. And so here we are. 
I know that was a very long, convoluted story that I got to poke a lot of fun at Destry. So thank you for letting me tell you that. Uh, well, I'm she, sure everybody has this on 1.5 speed, so that's fine. It didn't take me too good. long. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to get the timeline straight here, and um, bear with me here, folks. Destry, you said five years was five years ago was your first conference. Now it's 2021, so that puts it about 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So 2016. Yep. Ish. Okay. And so then two years, you're leading a full day workshop on AR. So you really went headfirst into AR. You know, I I did, but it really, it honestly wasn't too hard because nobody else really cared about it at all. Mm. So I'm I'm in all these expo halls, like everybody, like ATD, Learning Guild, you know, Training Magazine. They're like, I guess if you want to stand in that corner over there in the expo hall and with your megaphone and scream, mm-hmm. go right ahead, go right ahead, no problem. And it was it was an awesome opportunity for me to be a part of these fantastic events and also to start building that sort of grassroots campaign. I was one of very few people who was talking about this at the time, nice. and then everybody's like, hey, this is kind of neat, and they're like, well, Destry talks about it. Come on back, Destry. And I was like, I would love to come back to Orlando and uh, in Vegas, and yeah, I will talk about anything. Yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. Funny. Now that's back when you were allowed to be in a room with other people too. So that's that's even better. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like longer than uh, than five years now. So <laughs> yeah. What? And then um, he met me, and I was like, you know what? You need you need a redhead. Let's go. Let's go do this. <laughs> oh man. So far, yeah, it's working. No, as this is an audio format only, a lot of folks might not know that Betty has red hair. Um, yeah, maybe. But she does. She maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people have seen my logo, so they know. That's true. That's true. Probably more people are googling me to figure out if I actually look like Fred Durst than if she has red hair. Yeah, probably true. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like AR has made a significant impact in both your careers. Um, you guys are both, uh, as I said earlier, you know, people of the world. You, you've you've kind of bounced around. You've you've grown in your own careers, and and then you, you decided to put this, um, uh, put a, at least one official course together on this e-learning launch platform. Um, now, why did you guys decide to put that platform or put that course together? Why why didn't you go about your your various separate ways? Well, because we're we're a great team, don't you think? I mean, I feel like this is a really yeah. loaded question, brother. Like <laughs> no, <it's, clears throat> the, the hard ones are coming up soon. No, this is uh, no, I don't know. I'm just asking because, you know, it's, it's one of those things where and I've worked on uh, partnered content before and it's not always easy. It's challenging. You know, you've got compromises that each party has to make. It's difficult. So um, what is it like putting together a course with somebody like that? I think he wants to know the dirt on our relationship. That's what I think. <laughs> Here's the dirt. Okay, Here's the dirt. Okay. Your relationship. Here's the I don't dirt. Destry is super creative. He's the idea guy. And he also has the development chops behind like the, the really more intricate, um, more advanced AR. He's just had way more experience with it than I have. Um, and you, I you am, bring the red hair to I the partnership? I bring the red hair and yeah. I bring I bring the organization. I bring the contacts. I, I'm the one that's uh, – I'm his handler basically. I'm Destry's mm-hmm. handler. <laughs> and, and, and I bring a lot of the theory and the enthusiasm and the excitement um, that you need in the front end of any session. We also do ATD sessions together. Um, yeah. We do, we do, we do lots of stuff together. Uh, Destry, is that more or less accurate, or is there anything you'd like to correct in what Betty had said there? No, I think she covers it pretty good. I think that uh, kind of we um, were able to sort of uh, build off each other's strengths and help each other's weaknesses. And uh, for a long time, I've been kind of doing a lot of these things just sort of uh, on the fringes and then sort of out front doing some workshops and doing different things. And, you know, Betty was like, hey, let's let's partner up on a few things and let's really kind of uh, hone our message a little bit more towards L&D. And that's kind of what we've been doing. So it's been a great opportunity to teach some classes, meet cool folks like yourself, and um, to really uh-huh. kind of just keep uh, keep doing different uh, different fun new things. So anything we can do to help get the word out about augmented reality and learning and development, that's uh, that's kind of the key to all of it. And I just fed him all of that through a secret microphone that's in his ear. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I think they call that, is it an IFB? I think that's what that's called. <laughs> no. um, You're asking some really personal questions, Dan. Am I? I'm just trying to make this interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. One of us has to. Come on. <gasps> <laughs> wow. Uh, 
Um, so uh, let's for for those. So AR AR is as you guys have both mentioned, kind of new ish on the scene, um, and I think. Well, actually, Betty, you and I just did a little a little video thing together about my my conversion into augmented reality, or at least my uh, appreciation for it. Going from and, and the word that I used before I knew much about it was I thought it was ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. Apologies all around in advance. Yep. I was ignorant. I hadn't yet educated myself. You called it a ridiculous toy. Yeah. I think yeah, I added the word toy, but probably it's fine. That. It's fine. <laughs> that video, by um, the way, if you're listening and you'd like to see it, is on the If You Ask Betty YouTube page. It's called mm-hmm. Confessions of an AR Convert with Dan Hurt. There you go. There you go. So, well, that, you know, a lot of people, I think, are in either the boat that I'm in, and if they're not so skeptical, maybe they just don't know about AR and know where it's applied. Um, you know, so is it something that you access through your computer normally? Is it just, is it on your phone? Is it, ta- so um, where are the avenues that someone would use augmented reality? Um, and where are the avenues that they would definitely not use it? Maybe uh, Destry, I'm going to ask you to say where the places are that people are going to use it or are going to find the best uses of it. Um, you know, when it comes to something like augmented reality right now, I mean, all of the immersive realities are pretty, I mean, it's it's relatively immature technology. Um, the hardware is a struggle a little bit. So everything you do with augmented reality is not really in a wearable. It's in your mobile device. So right away, you have your, you're holding on to a mobile device the whole time. Um, where you use something like this is really to enhance an existing uh, blended uh, solution. So where do you have, you know, maybe some gaps? Where could you add some more engagement? Where could you curate some content? Uh, those are some great places to kind of add in uh, to, to again, enhance that already structured kind of blended workflow or blended solution that you have. Um, augmented reality is a fantastic tool in your uh, in your toolbox that you can just kind of pull out and and make it work to help engage and and immerse people into something a little bit different. So, say your favorite word when it comes to augmented reality, Destry. Ah, uh, curation. Yeah, he's, he said it. It snuck out there. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so that in and of itself is is kind of a a, a lesser known concept. What, what? How would you define curation, Destry? When I talk about curation, I, I'm seeing it as the ability to sort of pull a lot of information together into one location. So if uh, anybody who's listening, their organization is anything like organizations I've been a part of and not in a bad way, but there's information on websites, there's SharePoints, there's Google Drives, there's Teams, there's, there's all kinds of different places that information goes. And if you could scan one thing and pull all of that together, it's not... It's not a super sexy kind of use of the technology, but it is a quick, compact, easy, and functional and useful way to get that information right to a user in that, you know, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep throwing out jargon, right? In that moment of need or that just-in-time kind of mentality where people need to be able to, to get information in the moment, whether they're building a widget, whether they're flowing a process, whether they're driving, a, you know, whether not driving, not driving anything. No, don't do it while you're driving because you have to hold your phone. But, um, but whether you're, you know, you're out in the field, I mean, whatever it might be, you can... You know, you can get that information, pull all that information together. So that's really what I'm thinking about when I'm talking about curation. It could be a lot of things. It could be just a couple things, but it's all bringing that that information to you where you need it the most. And that's right in the moment when you actually need it. Uh, and and I remember it came up in the class at some point, the the phrase, I think Betty had used it, you know, this can go anywhere you can put a sticker or, or an image. You said anywhere mm-hmm. you can put an image, you can insert an AR experience. That's correct. And that's because augmented reality needs to uh, at least be triggered from. It doesn't have to relate to the image that triggers it, but it has to have some sort of triggering image um, to get you in looking at that sort of that portal or that collection of uh, curated items, assuming that's the the use that you're looking at that point in time. I think the way I've tried to put it in my head, which again, I'm, I'm, I'm new to this, right? Uh, so I'm, I'm still trying to, although I've taken both courses and I'm far more educated than I was before I started them, I'm still really trying to feel out, you know, where are those good spots? Um, and to, to me, I think the, some of the magic would exist in a place where we're a physical 
scenario could be supported by digital assets. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and I was thinking about something like uh, even something as simple as printer support, mm -hmm. you know, or, or some sort of device. Like, I, I don't know if you guys have uh, the brand Muldoon's out at, uh, at my office when we're allowed to go there. Um, there are Muldoon's coffee makers. And after you use it once, you're like, oh, OK, this is obvious. But the, before the first time you use it, it's less obvious. And, um, you know, that seems to be one of those things where it could be scanned for a video, scanned for a job aid sort of thing. Um, what, what? That's a great use case, Dan. We'll see. I, this is because I listen to you guys. Good. That's good. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, that, and that's genuinely one of the things that I really appreciated from the course was that there was a portion, the courses, that there was a portion of it that was uh, forced thought. Forced thought. Yeah, yes. forced thought. But also you're getting the, the forced thoughts of everybody else that's there. So I had a really shitty forced thought. Other people had better ones, maybe. You yeah, know, and, you're and not you wrong. Know, everybody takes turns. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So where have you guys seen the actually I have to go back to you, Betty. Where are the places that you're not going to use this, that people have a misconception of AR and they say, well, we'll use it for everything. What are the things that are part of everything that you wouldn't use it for? So uh, augmented reality is very rarely the solution. It is almost always a part of another blended solution. So there's other modalities that are involved. I have seen it used as the solution, but it's not something that you're tracking. It's something that you're just providing information. So, for example, Johnny Hamilton, um, I just, you can tag him now because I just said his name. Johnny Hamilton, uh, he, he was telling me a story about augmented reality posters that they created in the hospital, in the lobby, in the hallways. And basically, it had like a picture of like a sea turtle. And you could go up to it and it would, you know, it would, when you scanned it, it would tell you the story of the sea turtle and, you know, give you some random facts about it. Did it have anything to do with the hospital? No. Were they tracking completion? No. They were providing an educational opportunity for people who were waiting to see patients in the hospital. So mm -hmm. it's a little different use case than directly in learning and development, but it was something that came out of, uh, out of their, their area. So, so there, that's a great way for it to be a standalone, but it's only because you're not really teaching something that has to be trackable. This, you would, you're not going to use augmented reality for compliance. You may use it as part of a compliance module to launch your internal policy at, towards the end, just like you would use a resources button in an e-learning. Um, but it's, it's, it's very rarely the, the standalone event. Does that help? Uh, yes. Now I feel fully educated on augmented reality. Good. Well, what you're really trying to, what you're really doing at this point is kind of outlining sort of the limitations of where we are with mobile AR. And that's really, that's really what, what we kind of find right now is that it has a lot of potential. And this is sort of back to that immature technology. It has a lot of potential, but the hardware hasn't caught up. Our phones, because we update our phones every two years and they, they do all the latest and greatest things, we can use those and the technology and, and hardware that's inside of them works great. But trying to miniaturize that and put it on your face without it burning a hole in your skull, that becomes a little bit more challenging. I, I've never heard of anybody actually having a hole burnt in their skull, but it always felt like it when I wore Google Glass, in case anybody out there has ever worn a Google Glass. But there are limitations to what you can do with this type of technology, just holding a phone in your hand. You know, you can't manipulate things quite as well. You can't, you know, you have to pay attention to what you're doing. Uh, Google, a few years back, came out with an augmented enhancement to their maps. And every time I tried to use it, I found myself holding my phone up trying to scan street signs and stuff but and then i'm like i'm gonna be that guy in the video that walks into a pole because right. i'm holding my phone right in front of my or walk into a, a hole yeah. or a, a lake or whatever it might be and it's just we haven't quite got to that crazy functional sort of sort of bridge we haven't bridged that gap yet from this is really neat it can be engaging in in short doses but how does this help us in the overall training that we're doing, or how does this help us in the overall situations that we find ourselves in? And there's just that, we're still working through that. And I, I agree with that, but I wanna throw in that where, we, where it is right now is functional and applicable to learning and development, because we're not gonna ha necessarily have the budget it's gonna require to, to have people who can program things that can be used with 
you can program AR experiences that can be used with wearables. Not right away. You're, you're talking about potentially, like that's not the kind of stuff that you're likely going to be building in Zapworks. That's going to be something you're building in Unity. And that's a whole other skill set that learning and development departments typically don't have. So while it will make a difference, especially in things like manufacturing and, uh, and, uh, and um, you know, uh, other areas like that, that need some more of that uh, real time while you're building something, uh, you know, help through AR. Right now, we, we can use this technology in white collar office jobs, that type of stuff, because it's going to do what we need it to, which is launch additional content. So how, and you know, you already kind of alluded to it a little bit, but um, how difficult is it for an average, uh, I don't know, let's say an average instructional designer, how difficult is it for them to create an AR experience? Who are you asking? Uh, I yeah, don't know. Anybody that's interested. It's not very difficult at all. I mean, if you can it's build um, a PowerPoint slide. You can build AR. Exactly. You just have to find the right tool to do it uh, in. And that's, you know, I mean, we, we lobby and we use the Zapwork suite of tools, you know, Zapper tools, Zapper, Zapworks Designer and Zapworks Studio. Um, there's other options out there. There's the Adobe Arrows of the world that have a, an interface. You know, if you, can, if you can learn how to use Adobe Photoshop, you can learn how to use Adobe Arrow. Um, you know, some of them have higher learning curves. But for the most part, a lot of the tools that we use as instructional designers, things like PowerPoint, Storyline, Captivate, the Adobe products, um, Camtasia, they all have elements that show up in uh, the AR development tools, whether they're cloud-based or whether they're application-based that we download and install. Uh, there's a lot of similarities in there. And, uh, you know, you can actually probably even talk to this a little bit better, Dan, because you just came from, you know, the ID side and jumping into like a, a program like Studio. And we kind of talked a little bit about, oh, hey, this is a timeline. This is, we're editing video essentially here. And, and everybody's like, yeah, this looks, uh, this this is familiar. You know, there's familiar chunks of this that we can kind of carry over. So it's not a completely new skill set, um, but it does require a little bit of, you know, a different kind of approach. You know, you have to uh, think differently. Mm -hmm. You have to think differently about how you, you know. design learning if you want to Im implement AR. The, uh, you know, to answer your question, Destry, your, your point about me learning it most re recently. Yes. Uh, what I found was... Um, uh, so I have a, you know, I've seen uh, Articulate used. I kind of understand that a little bit. Uh, I understand it enough that I could stumble around if I had to. Uh, I do a lot more video creation, sort of uh, uh, live experience, those sort of things. So that's if I had to design a thing, that's usually where I fall in my com comfortable space. Um, but if you use Articulate, this should be a slam dunk for transferable skills. Uh, because the, honestly, the challenge that I kind of had was the timelines aren't the issue. For me, it's like the stages and the states and, and all those sort of things, which, you know, if you're using Articulate, you're already in, you're doing those things. You're talking about visited states and all those things. And they're not exactly the same, but there's a lot of transferability, I think, there. So, um, but that's more on... That's for the advanced mm -hmm. side. Yeah. Of, mm -hmm. the, of all the things that we did across those two courses, that was the most complicated portion of it. And of course, you got to work up to that. Um, the, yeah, the, the first course, the uh, first launch uh, AR course. Yeah. If you use PowerPoint, you can do that. Yep. Uh, and if you can't, you're really not trying. And the, <laughs> next, and the next one starts tomorrow, January 14th. Oh, I can't get this out by then. That's Daddy. fine. It's fine. You could. There's another one coming up in April. It's fine. There you go. There mm -hmm. you go. Is there is there an uh, advanced one coming up soon? There is. It starts uh, February, the end of February. I can't remember the date off the top of my head. Okay. Well, I will not get this out today, but um, maybe you can join the uh, the fe February advanced session that's going to be coming up soon. There, uh, if you feel comfortable and can qualify. The okay. That's not true. There, there's no real qualification, is there? No. No. You just made that no. up. You just got to yeah. want to. If you're, if you're interested, you know, it's it's something that you can pick up. Like I said, a lot of the yeah. skills that we just have day to day in the programs that we use as instructional designers, yeah. those skills transfer over. They really do. So yeah. it's not, you don't have to relearn. You know, we're not we're not starting from scratch. Uh, so you'll uh, you'll still use the same kind of, uh, use the same learning theory. You use the same approaches that you do when you're designing or planning for. And then, the tools themselves, they all kind of start to blend together a little bit after that, just trying to find yeah. the best one that works for you. 
Uh, a moment ago, Betty, you had mentioned that a- approaching AR and learning about AR helps you think differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a huge takeaway from industry uh, in, in the middle of the second uh, second session or somewhere in there, you provided a couple of worksheets that's like, you know, well, you're thinking about a 360 environment. These are kind of some templates that you can use to sketch out the experience. And I think it was almost similar to going from just PowerPoint and then you do video and then you go back to PowerPoint. And you think, oh, OK, there's things that I am going to do differently mm-hmm. in here mm-hmm. just having gone there. Um, and I, I really think that's an interesting way because because it, it, it takes it beyond a 2D experience. And then you start thinking about well, what the hell else can I even if it's not AR, like what else can I do to make the user's experience? It's more interesting and cool um, or, or just more impactful, you know? Mm-hmm. Agreed. You learned something. What? I'm so excited, Dan. <laughs> that was the one thing I learned. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos to you guys. Um, what uh, what do you think are the other hesitations? Destry, you had mentioned kind of the, the tech restrictions, but that's not, uh, you know, as we kind of talk through, that's not really a major issue currently, but it's not, it's not flawless. Like we're not talking about avatar sort of experiences. Um, but what are the other hesitations that you see user adopt? Like when it comes to user adoption, why would somebody not do that? Why would they not take part in an AR experience? So not, not the design part of it, but the actual user. I'm not sure if there's anybody who wouldn't maybe try it out at least to see. I could see, I you know, if it comes to something like virtual reality, I could see people maybe having a little more hesitation, putting something on your face, being completely immersed or isolated from the outside world. But when it comes to augmented reality, one of the benefits that we have, it's mobile and we are we are all creatures of mobile, right? I mean, we have no problem like scanning, downloading, tapping, moving, you know, I mean, anything that has to do with an app on our phone, we are all in you know, usually for the most part, all in all the time, it doesn't really matter. So mm-hmm. getting people to you know download an app, scan something, that's probably the easy part. Mm-hmm. Um, getting them to stick around and try things out if it doesn't make sense right away. Um, that's, you know, I guess that kind of falls on us as designers to make sure that it makes sense and it's interesting. No, you know, I I like that. I I think there, I think there's something to that, taking ownership to it. Um, Now, uh, Betty, I know, because I've talked through this a little bit with you before, you've implemented these things and you've seen them firsthand play out in rooms with learners. Yes. Uh, Do do you ever see, uh, do you ever see hesitations or do you ever see somebody be like, "Ah, I'm so stupid. Hesitation is a myth, just like dry land in Waterworld. It's a total myth. Okay. Did you get that? Did you get that? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Because not everybody gets that reference. It's a total very myth. 90s. It's very 90s. Yeah. Well, that's why me and Destry get along so well. Um, <laughs> we're both stuck in the same decade. So I, it's it's a myth because I have heard so many people say, nobody's going to want to download an app. Nobody's going to want to do this, blah, blah, blah. And every time I have ever shown augmented reality, they pull out their phone and they can't wait to figure out the experience. Um, we love our phones. We are in love with them. We love the blue light and how it makes us feel. So why would we not do the same thing with that? And on top of that, you're starting to see more and more augmented reality in mainstream consumer marketing. I mean, you walk down Mm -hmm. any wine aisle and there are augmented reality experiences that you can do just by scanning a wine label and you have to download an app for that and people do that. So while there's not wine on the other end of my experiences, there is definitely, you know, that same kick, that same reward that you get from picking up your mobile device and experiencing something. And why not do that while they're learning something so that then they remember that they feel good, they get that dopamine hit while they're learning something by looking at their phone. I'm concerned that we're going to lose that with wearables. Um, will we still have that blue light effect? I don't know. I, uh, I don't know uh, where, so <laughs> I might be the only guy in the room that has some sort of hesitation to download an app just for kicks. Dan, um, you still have a black and white phone. I do not. It's not. Okay. I <laughs> talked about it one time with her. I said, you know, one time I put my phone it doesn't count. You, you don't count. Let it go. I don't count. <laughs> you don't count. When it comes to determining whether or not technology would be adopted, you're like number 750,000 no, right. on my list to ask. You're right. You're right. Well, you know, eventually you'll get around to me, though. Eventually. <laughs> so we've, we've established, it would seem, 
if if these things are to be believed, that there is going to be no hesitation from learners. They're generally going to adopt it as long as you provide a good experience. We've also established that damn near anybody that's in the L&D space that knows their way around a keyboard and mouse should be able to come up with a fairly straightforward uh, a fairly straightforward experience or an enjoyable experience that's useful and applicable. So really, the only questions that are outstanding are ones of the actual stakeholders. Like, where does the what are the C-suite hesitations? What are their concerns about this platform? Where they're like, mm, "This is stupid. We're not doing it, Betty. Get it out of here." Um, what what are those questions like? And I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna ask Destry specifically because I don't want any confusion about who I'm asking here. Thank you. No. Uh, you know, I think the biggest, I think all the, a lot of the confusion and the most of the confusion I've seen and experienced in working with different clients and people about implementing something like this, augmented reality, is really a lack of understanding. So um, it's sort of like when you start talking about gamification, sometimes people, you know, they'll back up a little bit and they'll Bad be like, wait a shit. minute. Yeah, it just, uh, yeah. That, that sounds like it's way too much fun for training. Um, but I think, you know, I think understanding, I think uh, in a lot of the cases for me personally and a lot of the organizations I've worked, it was just a lack of people trying it and being exposed to it. Um, I think those are some of the hesitations. You're always going to have IT concerns, you know, uh, things like that, that they're – in, regardless of any technology, you mentioned the word technology and everybody's like, got to talk to IT or mm -hmm. you got to check this or you got to check that. There's just these go-tos that we have, especially in corporate America. It's a little bit easier if you're just kind of on your own, maybe doing some freelance stuff or doing things like that. But I think that just a lack of understanding or a lack of experience is really where we run into the most barriers. And I think one way to help go over that or to overcome that type of uh, those types of responses is to really kind of try to expose or encourage or brainstorm with absolutely everybody from from the the users to the developers to the IDs to the you know to your management to your direct supervisors to their supervisors anybody you can get this kind of technology or these experiences in their hand the first thing they're going to do is go hey this was a little bit easier than i thought it was going to be or this isn't quite what i thought it was going to be and now my mind is changing and i'm starting to already whether it's conscious or not i'm already starting to put situations in my life into an ar sort of perspective and framework so the more people you talk to they could you know you could be like hey we could do it like this and they could go hey or there's this other thing that i do over here that it could do this and you're like yes keep going that way so mm -hmm. i really think understanding exposure you know getting the word out uh it's hard sometimes because i know on my end and i even talked to betty about this sometimes where i'm like you know i just feel like it's that we're talking about the same thing over and over again augmented reality is here but then i i have to step back and realize that you know there's a there's a certain group of of people that are like hey i see this i i've, I've been exposed to it but there are there are thousands upon thousands of people who have not. And, mm -hmm. you know, just getting the word out, continuing to to fight the good fight, as they would say, right? You know, going to the, the conferences or talking on the podcasts or doing, you know, just sharing what we know any place we possibly can to help other people sort of grow and really kind of find that that excitement and that potential and that possibility of using this type of technology. So the reason why I have self-labeled Destry and I AR evangelists is because that's exactly what we have to do is we have to go out and evangelize the, the, the society, the L&D society on what augmented reality is and how it's beneficial. For the C-suite, most of the time, just like Destry said, they just don't know what they don't know. They hear something like augmented reality and all they see are dollar signs. And what you found out quite quickly, Dan, is that this is not only easy, but it's cheap. It's cheap and easy. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like practically free. Sounds it, like a good date. <laughs> I mean, that's what they tell me. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, like cheap and easy. That's the way we like it. And so and it's and so, so the, the threshold to get through the door is really not that wide. Right. It's not that difficult. It's not that treacherous. But people don't know. That's why when you, when you go through AR first launch, I one of your assignments is that you have to create a business case because you are going to have to prove that this is a viable solution 
to the folks that you are working with and for. And one of the things you have to do is show them, which is why my, my recommendation is, has four, has, is to have four or five working prototypes so that they don't just experience it once, but they see it multiple times over and over again. And just like Destry said, you, they start to formulate in their head, you know what, this might be a good idea. This might yeah, be and- pretty cool. The, the the prototypes, you know, like uh, going through the class, I made some real duds, but then there was a couple that I was like, oh, now this is kind of interesting. And then, you know, it's the first draft. Everything that you're doing is the first draft mm-hmm. and you stumble through it. So you're supposed to be kind of bad at it. Yes. Uh, and and what I did is I just got a few other uh, projects and, and I'm kind of working through developing those uh, those actual working prototypes that I want to share and say, well, these have the more corporate spin as opposed to just ridiculous videos and ridiculous experiences about, you know, bands I happen to like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think the, the course not to just promote your course guys, but if I could promote your course for just a minute. Sure. I mean, if you have to, uh, yeah, I guess just bear with me. Um, I mean, one of the benefits is that you have the experiences going through each different type. You hear the other people's ideas and then you really apply it to your own world. And then you can go back and, and refresh those to go towards the business case. If that's something you've got to do, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe you've just got deep pockets and you're throwing money at it and you don't care. I'm happy for you too. Yes. So when you guys are not talking about AR, what are the things you're talking about? Betty, most of the questions uh, are things that we've kind of talked about. You know, we talk about social media a little bit, but we talk about uh, AR a lot. Um, what, are, what are other like L&D things that you're interested in that aren't AR? Who are you talking to, Dan? To Betty. I said, I said Betty. Damn I it. said Betty. He did. Oh he said your God. name. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I do love podcasting. So uh, I like to talk about podcasts. <laughs> That's true. Uh, anything and everything leadership development or just personal and professional development, that is my that's that's my space that's my jam that's you know helping you become a better human that's what i want to do um helping you become more self-aware this year i'm on a mission to create more awareness and understanding around imposter syndrome um mm-hmm. uh, and i will i will say that Destry was the first person that ever said the words imposter syndrome to me and i had never heard mm-hmm. them before so thanks again for that Destry. <laughs> uh so yeah so uh on a mission for that and um yeah, I mean those are those are the things that are my jam. I, you, um, if I could stick with Betty for just a minute, mm-hmm. for the sake of clarity, um, you actually had a, a class on podcasting as well that you hosted, didn't you? I did. I did a, a certificate for training magazine, um, podcasting for trainers. Had ten people go through. It was great. At the end, they all published their very first podcast, and you were actually a guest speaker on what? that what? certificate. What do you know? That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Now, podcasting is a really cool platform. And I think, I think actually there's a lot of overlap with AR, you know, because in, in, I don't know, like philosophy or, or certain ways, because it's not the solution for no, just right. about anything, you know, exactly. it's not, it, it supplements, it helps support, um, but it's never the answer. Yeah. Did you know you can put a podcast into AR, but you can't put AR into a podcast? I, <laughs> I believe that. Uh-huh. Uh, all right, uh, Destry. What? What are the? Can I? So, where's your name from? Where do you get a name like Destry? I've never heard this before. <laughs> it's uh, it's it was a movie. It was an old wild. It was a western called Destry Rides Again. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Stewart, Marlene Dietrich. Kid you not. Every time you tell the right, story, yeah. it's I can't. Handle. <laughs> I just picture you, Fred Durst, on top of a horse <laughs> with a cowboy hat on, saying "Yeehaw." <laughs> Adam Catboy. Yeah, no, oh, it's, uh, it was a Western. So, uh, and I think it's, um, it's an old, uh, Western name. So it wasn't, a lot of people asked me if it was a family name. So no, I named my, uh, my oldest son, Anakin actually based off of, of course, everybody, hopefully everybody knows, but I've had people ask me if that was a family name too. And I was like, mm, no, I mean, if Darth <laughs> Vader's your uncle, then yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't talk to him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's understandable. Yeah, that's where my name came from, though. Well, far out. Okay, so um, Destry, where uh, when you're ta- not talking about AR, and I understand that's kind of your bread and butter right now, but wh- where are kind of the other things that you're interested in when in, in the L&D space? Uh, my, my biggest 
kind of whole like if I'm thinking more holistically about what I what I enjoy is just really kind of technology in general. So what's the you know what types of technology are out there? What's the new technology, uh, and how can we better use it to to train, to teach, to learn, you know, what can we do with that? So if we're talking about augmented reality is really where I kind of, I leveled in, but virtual reality within the last couple of years has really become a space that I've been much more interested and eager in getting into. Um, I think uh, working with, um, you know, uh, AI, you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence, I think all of those types of things, those are the types of things that really kind of uh, fill my cup, so to speak. And I get interested and excited about those and uh, really kind of exploring where, you know, where can they fit? How can they work? And, and what types of ways can we use them? You know, we use them every day already. How can we start using them to help us learn and to help us, you know, help other people get better too? Can I ask you to clarify a couple terms um, for, you know, because people that aren't familiar with AR, this might already be a little hazy. I'm assuming they're still listening. They're probably not. But um, if if they're if they're a little hazy with AR, maybe maybe the differences between AR and VR. And I actually want to ask about mixed reality as well. So could you just highlight the differences between AR and VR, virtual sure. reality and augmented reality? Yeah. So augmented reality is it's a digital overlay uh, over the real world, you know, so it's digital information on top of the real world. So imagine a poster, you scan it with your phone and it pulls up some videos, maybe a couple links that get you different places. Um, so it's it keeps you grounded in the real world, but it enhances your space around you. Uh, when we start talking about virtual reality or virtual spaces, um, you are within a headset and the world that you are now in is completely simulated. So it's a completely simulated uh, experience. Uh, you are either tethered, plugged into a computer or you are, you know, free. Some they have new uh, headsets that allow you to not be tethered, but you kind of uh, stay in that simulated space. Uh, for the most part, you do not interact with things around you. It's all just in that simulated space inside of uh, inside of that device. And what's what's mixed reality? How does that fit into it? Because I assume like mixed that gosh, that sounds an awful like like augmented, you know, yeah. it's something digital on top of my real world. So why is there a different term for this? Yeah, you know, the mixed reality is really about um, we've got that digital overlay. When we start talking about mixed reality, we're talking about how can this digital overlay start to interact with the world around us? So it starts to recognize walls and puts posters on them or, or TV screens on them, or it recognizes tables and we put robots on them and they do dances for us, right? So those those types of things, like we can put, um, we can put objects, they recognize the space around us, they can go under desks, they can go around chairs, they can do things like that. So when we start talking mm -hmm. about mixed reality, that's where that's where you really start to see that um, mixed reality is, is tough though the terminology gets a little bit hazy though it really yeah. does because people start talking about mixed reality and they're like oh so we're creating a mixed reality headset that does VR and AR and it's like well that doesn't actually fall into that same definition that I've learned over the time so I think these terms will kind of evolve as the as the technology evolves as it becomes a more mature technology so we'll see that uh, the big one though is extended reality that came out about two years ago. I started hearing that. And that's what? something they use to call to encompass all of them. So X extended reality is AR, VR, and MR. So augmented, virtual, and mixed reality. Extended. So just n not reality. Exactly. Reality. Well, call it NR, right? Extended it's NR, is not reality. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, well, thank you for the primer. All right. What do you guys... Um, what do you guys want to plug? What do you, what, what do you, uh, social media connections? Um, I, I know you guys are probably just rabid Twitter users cause that is the place to be these days, but, uh, anything you guys want to talk about or, or, or plug, uh, what handles do you want people to look for locations to go websites, YouTube channels, et cetera. Uh, Destry, let's keep with you. Ah, uh, that mine'll be pretty short. Uh, I don't, right. I don't, I don't do a lot of the social media, uh, you know, uh, the Google, Everybody. as they say, right? No, um, no. You can find me on Twitter at Destry One Kenobi. Um, you can find me out at um, uh, LinkedIn, uh, just Destry Hildenbrand. So those are the best ways to find me. And then you'll see me just show up different places and talking about different things here and there. I am Googleable which is kind of fun. Um, you may even go so far back to find the band that I was once in called Pretend mm. Rockstar. So I'm just throwing that out there. Not that you need to look for it, but in case you see it, the long-haired guy in there is me. And yeah, I do look like Fred Dirtz. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> and what instrument are you playing? 
I'm the singer. I got the charisma. So oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Singer plus tambourine when that was required. Run, right? man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah so Destry or uh Betty where can we find you uh you can find me at if you ask com. it's all lowercase all one word uh just in case Dan doesn't get it right in the notes um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh my handle on just about every social media channel is at if you ask Betty I'm also now on Clubhouse which is a brand new sparkly thing for me oh, so for I think that was invite only I may or may not be inviting you soon I only get two invites so we'll have to see I mean it's, there's a lot of this just no pressure some thoughts there um but yeah so you could also like check out e-learning launch um it's at elearninglaunch.com. It sounds like it's all e-learning. It's not. It's actually, actually, he has like one e-learning class. I've talked to him about that a little bit. I'm like, maybe you should call it learning launch. He's like, no, it's e-learning launch. I'm like, okay. So, uh, but you can find the AR classes out there and there's even a self-paced, it's called my first AR, which will teach you how to make an augmented reality business card. It's $49, super cheap entry fee, uh, to get you in and help you understand how to, how to create an experience. Uh, and then you can just use, you know, use that to build on and then join the cohorts and get even more ideas. You you always walk away with like 15, 20 free ideas from the cohorts. Um, so it's lots of fun. God bless other humans. Yes. They have the best ideas. They really do. You can find the show notes for this episode at mosby.ca slash 029, as this is episode 29. Uh, if you want to send feedback about the show, <clears throat> I mean, think it through. But if you want to send it, mosbylearning at gmail.com, the only place that I really, at least until I'm on Clubhouse, the only place I'm really paying attention to is LinkedIn. And you can find me. It's uh, just Dan H-I-R-T. I want to thank Kevin McLeod for the music that you'll hear somewhere in this episode probably a couple times um, and that comes from filmmusic.io I believe is the name of the site but uh, we'll include a link in the show notes again mosby.ca slash zero two nine and um, hopefully it won't be another four months until we talk to you guys so uh, Destry Hildenbrand Betty Danowitz thank you both so much for joining me on the Mosby Learning Podcast and we will talk to you all soon bye bye peace out that suits us all uh any questions uh betty start with you any questions don't ask anything about anything having to do with right now please that wasn't a question but uh, i'll try to respect that (laughs) you know what only one of those was on the history of swear words so it was not there (laughs) 